Have you ever wondered if a recipe index is still necessary to have on your food blog? Well, if you have, today's episode is for you. I will be answering this frequently asked question about whether or not a recipe index is still relevant for food blogs today. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey, food bloggers, welcome back to another episode of the Vine Podcast. I am so excited that you are tuning in today, and I'm excited to dive into this topic of recipe index and whether or not it is relevant today for food bloggers. Now, before we jump in, I always love to say hello to anyone who is a brand new listener who might be tuning into the show, whether it's for the first time or maybe the second or third time. We've had a lot of new listeners lately with some podcast interviews that I have been doing, and I just want to make sure to say thank you for checking out this podcast, and I hope that you will find it valuable. For those of you who have been around for a while, thank you so much for continuing to tune in every single week or binge listening while you are on a road trip and just making this a regular part of your routine. For those of you who have been around, it is just so nice to see your familiar faces when you guys share over on Instagram or reply to my email list, whatever it is, however you're communicating with me. It's just so nice to know that there are some return listeners out there. My name is Madison Wetherill, and I am the founder and CEO of Grace and Vine Studios. Over there, we specialize in custom websites and brands for food bloggers who are looking to take their business to the next level. And when we say to the next level, what we really mean is for most of our clients, they have kind of outgrown the way that they are portraying their current brand online. For a lot of people, that means that maybe they're still using a pre-made theme that kind of looks like everybody else's. Maybe they haven't really refined who they are trying to target with their brand, or maybe they have, but their website is totally missing the mark with who they are trying to attract. And so our process really walks them through how to get laser clear on who their audience is, how they can attract them and capture them on their blog, and really become a standout resource for their niche and topic of expertise. So we absolutely love being able to partner with our clients in that way. And if you are ever curious about how we work with clients or how you can get on a wait list to work with us, you can always go over to graceandvinestudios.com and click on the services tab to see the different ways that we work with clients and what our availability is currently. So I had a conversation recently with one of my business besties and she challenged me to get intentional about being personal with my audience and This can sometimes be something that feels tricky or even awkward as I am sitting here in my office alone talking to a microphone, but it's something that I think is really important for us to remember as content creators, and I hope that it will be a lesson for you guys as well, and so I just wanted to share a little bit. I think unfortunately in the food blogging industry, we have all gotten a little bit accustomed to thinking and feeling like our readers don't really care about the personal side of our lives or the personal side of our content. And this may be true for a certain percentage of your audience, but in general, it's really important for us to remember that there is a portion of our audience who wants to connect with a real person. And we need to remember that there is a person on the other side of 
the content, whether that is a blog or a podcast or an Instagram post, there's another person on the other side and we have a chance to be able to connect with that person. So as you're creating content, you can be thinking about ways that you can engage your audience in ways that will start a personal conversation or at least get them to connect with you on a personal level and not just to look at you as somebody who gives them recipes. So for me, a little bit of behind the scenes these days is that our team and the business as a whole is preparing for my maternity leave, which I've been talking about for quite a few weeks at this point on the podcast. But what that has looked like for us is really getting all of our ducks in a row with making sure that our team has projects to work on while I am out, that we have some systems for communication as a team while I'm out, and that we have a plan because a maternity leave is very different than any other type of leave that you might take in your business. And it's something that needs a little bit more planning. I actually think I'm going to do an entire podcast episode about how we planned for maternity leave. And I may even bring on my online business manager, Jillian, to help me with that episode. But basically just sharing with you guys a look at how we prepared for it, because this can be relevant whether you're preparing for a leave or it's just a vacation that you're taking, or maybe you just want to take a couple weeks off from the business in general, but you don't want things to die off while you're gone. So that's what we've been doing kind of behind the scenes, doing a lot of preparation, getting our client projects wrapped up, working on marketing and getting ahead on this podcast. All of those sorts of things are how I have been spending my time recently. And then apart from that, on the personal side of things in, you know, my real life outside of business, we've just been doing a lot of preparation still with getting our new house settled, spending time as a family. And then I shared this over on Instagram as well in the last couple of weeks, but our old home that has been in my family for 50 plus years, we are actually turning that into an Airbnb short-term rental. And so we've been working a lot over there with getting things set up, getting you know things decorated, all of that kind of stuff. So to say that this past few months and this past season has been a very full season is probably a huge understatement, but it's been really good to just have things to work on, honestly, outside of my business. I think for so long I have been just really scraping by with enough time to get things done in my business. And so to have some hobbies or other things that I'm involved in outside of my business creatively has been really fun and exciting. Okay, so that's a little bit of a personal update for you guys. And now we're going to dig into our topic for today. We have talked about recipe index pages before on the podcast, but I wanted to cover this from a an even more broad level and to answer the question of whether or not a recipe index is even needed, and specifically whether or not a recipe index is relevant today for food bloggers. The first question we have to answer though is understanding what a recipe index is and what the intention is behind it. So a recipe index is a visual way for you to showcase your different categories and to give somebody an understanding of the way that your website is organized, specifically by category. Now this differs from your homepage because when your homepage is set up correctly, it should be set up in a way to highlight your best content as well as your latest content. Your homepage also may include non-recipe content, whereas a recipe index really should only have your recipe content highlighted. It is sort of like a table of contents for your website. 
Now to answer the question of if it's needed at all, I think that a recipe index is very much needed for food blogs today. There are a few reasons for this, but primarily it is because it really gives somebody the ability to choose their own adventure when it comes to your content and to figure out the best path for them to go and explore your website. Now again, this is different from your homepage because your homepage is going to be much more curated and specific, whereas a recipe index can be a little bit more broad and give someone an at-a-glance view of how everything is structured more from a topical level than specific blog posts themselves. I'm gonna give some examples later in the episode when I talk about specific tips around a recipe index where I'll talk about when you may not need a recipe index, but I would say for most food blogs and 100% of the food blogs that we have worked with, a recipe index is a really valuable tool and resource for your readers to be able to find what they are looking for. So I think it is absolutely necessary to have a recipe index. So the way that a homepage differs from a recipe index which differs from a category page, can be thought of in a really simple overview. First, as we've said, homepage is a curated look at your best and latest content, and this can often include recipes and non-recipe content. A recipe index is like a table of contents for your website. It's an at-a-glance view of how your website is structured, specifically around your categories. And lastly, your category pages, this is going to be a view of the latest recipes within one specific topic or what we call a category. Now, the second question that comes up when you think about whether or not you need a recipe index is which categories should be included on a recipe index? The best way to answer this question is to first tell you what you should not do. And that is that you should not be listing all of your recipes or all of the categories. It really should be highlighting the best categories that you have on your site. Now, ideally, you're not going to have a lot of categories that you wouldn't want to highlight on your recipe index, but if you haven't done any sort of category audit recently, you might find that it's helpful to do that before you start planning and organizing your recipe index. And you can go back to episode 76 of the podcast to have more information on categories and how to organize these. There are really a ton of different ways that you can organize your categories when it comes to your recipe index. You can organize them into groups like courses and proteins, things like that, if that makes sense for your brand. But before you are able to do that, you have to be able to look at your categories from a bird's eye view and understand how your categories connect, how they overlap, all of that different sort of information so that you can make a plan for how to organize your recipe index. But if you have 50 to 60 categories or Truly, if you have more than even 20 to 25, you're going to need to audit down which categories are the most important to share on this page. So we've answered the question of whether or not you should have a recipe index, and most of the time the answer is going to be yes, that having a strategic recipe index, one that is thoughtfully planned out and executed, is going to help your readers to find what they're looking for at a glance and quickly. So let's talk about a few tips for your recipe index. Again, this should not just be a list of all of your recipes. This is not a blog feed. It should continue the user experience that you've created on your homepage to curate a journey for your reader. We will put a link to the episode that we've done in the past where we talked about what should be on your homepage in the show notes and in the notes on whatever podcast player you're listening because it's important to understand how that page needs to be set up first before you can really dive into the setup and organization of a recipe index. Now, it's okay for there to be a similar setup between your homepage and your recipe index, but these two pages should not be identical. 
When you think about somebody browsing your website for the first time, they may go to your homepage or they may click on recipes because they know that that's what they're looking for and they may browse your recipe index first. So it needs to be strategic in the same way as your homepage, but the content and the presentation of the content will be a little bit different. You also want to make sure that your recipe index is linked within your navigation. This is something that I see missed a lot. People will either not have a recipe index at all, or they will not be promoting it in a way where people are actually finding the recipe index. So if you're going to spend time creating this and making sure that it is well thought out for your reader, make sure that you are putting it in a place where they can find it. It's also important to call attention to this recipe index in other places on your site as well, like your sidebar, or even within your blog post to help readers understand that it's there and to help them to browse the website. You can also talk about this on your social media accounts and share with your readers how they can use this tool to find the recipes that they're looking for. You should also include a search bar on your recipe index because this is going to make it really easy for people to search a specific ingredient or recipe if they know what they're looking for. The rest of the recipe index page will help them to browse around but in a way that helps them to get somewhere quickly. You should also keep the design interesting on this page. It should not just be the same layout over and over with the same styling for different sections. You want this to be visually interesting and engaging for your readers to want to click into the different sections of your website. Now, unless your blog features a ton of content outside of recipes specifically, you are only going to want to have one recipe index or just one index in general. Multiple index pages are going to be very confusing for your readers, and there's some exceptions to this, but most of the time, food bloggers only are going to need one recipe index with different sections on that recipe index page that help explain the hierarchy and organization of the content. And what I mean by that is things like here are the five courses that we have, here are the ways that we organize recipes by protein and things like that, or by dietary restriction. There's lots of different ways that this can look depending on what your niche is and what type of content you share. Now, if you have less than five or six categories, or maybe you have under 50 blog posts, a recipe index is probably not going to be needed. However, this is important to keep in mind as you produce more content and as you plan out your categories so that when you are ready to create a recipe index, you are not having to go back and retroactively change a bunch of categories and the way that things are organized because you have thought out the way that your recipe index will someday be organized and that is going to help you to keep your content in these little buckets of categories as you build it out. So if you have been on the fence about whether or not a recipe index is necessary for your blog, I hope that this episode shows you that it can be a really valuable feature and part of your food blog. And I hope that it's given you some tips for how it should be set up and why it's a really valuable resource for your audience. As I mentioned earlier, this is something that 100% of our clients end up having within their package when they work with us on a website redesign, and that's because it can be such a powerful tool. For a lot of our clients though, they really need support in understanding the big picture of how all of their categories and blog posts and all of that stuff fits together before they're able to really flesh out a plan for their recipe index. And so that is one of my absolute favorite parts of the strategy call that I do with clients at the beginning of the project is we really talk about what your top categories are, where you may have some gaps in your content that you need to fill out, and really 
really understanding your content from a high level view as if I'm opening a cookbook to your blog and there's a table of contents in front of me. That's really the level of understanding that I need to have of your food blog before I'm able to create a strategy for your homepage and your recipe index and all of the other pages that are on your site. So if that is something that you feel like you need support with and you feel like you know that you could be more strategic in the way that your homepage and your recipe index work together to create a really specific and curated journey for your readers, then I would love to have you reach out and chat with us about what it might look like to work together to redesign your website. Currently, we are filling our last few spots for our fall start dates, which will launch either at the end of this year, 2022, or at the beginning of 2023. So our openings are definitely getting slim as we wrap up the year, which sounds crazy to say, in July as I'm recording this. But all that to say, if this is something that is on your list and listening to this, you feel like, yes, I would love to do this and create this resource for my readers, but I don't know where to start, then I would love for you to reach out. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can head to graceandvinestudios.com and click on the services tab to learn more and to schedule a call to chat about what your project might look like. Those calls are going to be not available for a little bit of time while I'm on maternity leave. So if you are just curious about what it would look like and want to chat through that, then please reach out and schedule a call as soon as possible. For now, I hope this episode was helpful for you guys to see why a recipe index is essential for your food blog and how you can create one that really becomes a resource for your readers. Until next week, friends, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to the vinepodcast.com. Talk soon.